Today we conclude our series on called, but I pray that it doesn't end there with the call of what God is doing in your life. We believe that that God calls us to be a people of prayer through each other and for each other as we share with each other in intercessory prayer. We're called to be present in each other's lives, be present in worship, be present with God and what God is speaking to us. We're called to give of our tithe, the 10%. We're called to serve him with faithfulness outside the walls of this church and to share our witness, our story, our testimony with others. At Pittman Park, we've, we've kind of wrapped up a, a, in a nice, neat little package our vision, which comes straight from the Great Commission. We exist to make faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Faithful followers. We exist to go and make disciples. Disciples and faithful followers can be summed up together. Today we look at that Great Commission We look at that call from God where each of us are called. The scripture, the word begins, therefore go, in some translations. The word go in the Greek language is poryu o ahi. It means to travel, to depart, to go, to take a journey. The way it's used in grammatical context is it's a present participle. I am a math person, so I had to research that. (laughs) I know I learned it somewhere along the way. But it's not so much a command that we take. Go, do this. But it could be translated as as you go, as you do life, As you follow Jesus, make disciples. A lot of people have in their mind that they have to go overseas. They have to sell everything they own and and wear this burlap sack around, flagging themselves, and all this just to make disciples. But that's not what this is saying. As you do life, make disciples. We ask that question, what is a disciple? A disciple is simply more than simply a convert. It's much more than just a church member. A disciple is more than a parent who drops their kid off at Faith Factory or or youth or realign program. A disciple is more than the one that has the little fish sticker on the back of the car. And be careful with that because it can get you in trouble, especially when you're driving like I know some of y'all drive. Disciple is so much more than that. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a pupil. A disciple is a follower. In the New Testament, early believers weren't called Christians. That didn't come until later. And it was actually used as a derogatory term. They were called disciples. Because a disciple would follow a rabbi or a master and they would adhere to their teachings. I want to be just like you. Just like in the Old Testament when Elisha stuck to Elijah and said, I want to be like you. I want a double portion of what you have. Just like Ruth and Naomi, wherever you go, I will go. Like Jesus and his disciples And one of my favorite examples, like Paul and Timothy. 
I want to be under your teaching. I want to memorize what you have to say. I want to be like you. I want to do life like you. As you go through life, as you live life, you are called to make disciples. So at its foundation, that means if you are a disciple of Jesus, you will be making disciples. I'll say that again. If you claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you will be making disciples. You'll be sharing the love of Jesus. It starts, first of all, with people who don't know him. You find in your situation, surrounding where you are, you take the opportunities in your work, in the store, with your children, with your grandchildren, in retirement, in your civic organizations. I'll give you an example. I was in Kroger in Waycross just a few weeks ago, and I saw a a guy that I went to school with. That's always a scary thing when someone knows your past. So I had it in my mind I was going to quickly turn and and go up the aisle and just ignore it, but something was kind of pulling at me. So I go up, and I I talk to him, and I say, you may not remember me, but I'm Stephanie McGinn Smith now. And he goes, oh, I remember you. Okay, let me go over here for a minute now. But no, we taught you. And then he said, aren't you a preacher now? <laughs> yeah, starting to get hives. But no, um, so I was like, well, tell me about you. And very quickly, he begins to open up and share that his wife had just left him and he's trying to raise his two kids by himself. And he couldn't have been farther from God at that point. So we talked for a little bit, and I said, I hope this won't offend you, but do you mind if I pray with you? And I was able to share right there in Kroger. We moved to the pharmacy section because nobody was there. But we prayed. He even joined in and prayed. I follow him on Facebook now, and just in a few weeks, he's, he's gotten involved in a church. And he's praying His kids are praying. And they're coming to a point where they are at a better spot. Now, what if I had just turned and hidden and ran up the frozen food aisle? What would be in his life right now? I'm not saying it's me, but it's God through me. What about us? We get in our mindset that I can't do it. I was reading a book the other day, and it was saying that one of the biggest problems we have, that 80% of, and it was kind of focusing on women, but 80% of women will claim this as one of their most depressing things they have about them, and it's low self-esteem. Now, I kind of read that, and I was like, I don't have that. I'm pretty good. There's a lot of times in my life where I've said I can't. You know what? It's usually in relationship to something I do ministry-related. I've said before, I can't pray pray in front of people. I can't go to seminary. I can't preach in front of people. I can't go overseas and do a mission. I can't marry a preacher. And God says, you can't, but I can through you. Take the eye out of it. As you live your life, 
Direct your life in such a pattern that people see Christ in and through you. Some people say as they come to church, the church should disciple me. You are the church. And you should be discipling other people. You should be looking for people in your life. Don't say, I can't lead this. I can't do this. I can't do it. It's not you. It's God through you. Open yourself up and allow God to work. Fear keeps us. Low self-esteem holds us and binds us. But God speaks in and through us. May we have a boldness of faith to go into the world and share with others. Discipling is always built around God's word. It doesn't have to be just limited to Bible study. It's how you do life, helping others apply biblical principles to their life. It could be working with a married couple that is struggling. It could be showing people how to better their financial situation. It could be offering insight that you've learned through years of parenting. As you go, make disciples. Yet so many of us feel unprepared and underqualified to disciple. But you know what? God's prepared each of us in our lives. How many of you would say, I don't have a perfect marriage, but for the most part, I have a solid, growing Christian marriage? What would you say if, if I don't have it all worked out, but you know that at your workplace or school or wherever you are, that you know Christian values? You could share those with others. How many of you would say that you don't have a, a, a huge understanding of prayer, but you've got the basic understanding? You know how to pray, that God answers prayers, that you don't know everything of the Bible, but you can research and study and you know where a Bible is. How many of you would say that your kids aren't perfect? You've made mistakes. You can learn and grow from those. All of these things, whatever story you have in your life, even if it's not the best, if you've grown and changed, God is working in and through you. If you could have lifted your hands to any of those statements, you are called by God. If God is working in and through you in any way, you are called to make disciples. I want you to feel it, to believe it, to embrace it. You are called and equipped, empowered by God. As you go, you make disciples. You have the experience, you have the gifts, you have the word of God. Be challenged by it. Embrace it. But some of you may be saying, I, I don't need someone to disciple me. I've kind of got it all figured out. I've done pretty well so far, right? I mean, I'm a, I am at church. I'm dressed pretty good, I think. I, I've got it figured out. I know, where, I, know, I know where a Bible is. I may not have it with me. 
want you to think for a minute about football at five and six-year-old level. You really only need one coach, right? Just to make sure they don't kill each other. That's pretty much what a five and six-year-old coach does, right? Go grab the flag, pull it, you're good to go. But as they age and you stick with football, you get to middle school. There's a head coach and an assistant coach, right? You get a little bit higher up into high school. There's a, there's a few more coaches. Take college and the pros. What do you have? You have a head coach, an offensive coach, a defensive coach, a special teams coach, a kicking coach, a running coach, a passing coach, a people to get you out of trouble coach. There's all kinds of different coaches. Why? Because the better the players are, they have more specialized people speaking into their lives. If you want to be the best parent, you get people to train you, to lift you up. That could be reading other books. It could be developing in your life. It could be speaking with one another. I've got people who mentor me in leadership, people who mentor me in the Word of God, people who are counselors in my life who teach me balance because I can get it all kinds of cattywampus. Y'all like that word? <laughs> I seek out people to help me manage money. And I read everything I can about being the best mom I possibly can be. I've got many Pauls speaking into my life. The great model of Paul and Timothy. Paul is the spiritual father and Timothy is the son seeking after him. Teach me, show me. In church, we, we have several of these groups that are meeting. And I think it happens best in the life group setting where you meet and eat with one another. You don't have it all figured out, but, but you gather together with other people and you live life together. As you do life, you make disciples. When you need a Paul, you need a Timothy. You need someone that you can mentor, someone that you can pour your story and your, your witness into. There are two things you can do to make disciples. And the first is you make disciples by your example. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Join with others in doing and following my example, brothers and sisters, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave them. When Jonathan and I were engaged, we sought after people whose marriage we wanted to imitate. We looked for people that had been married. I think they were married about five going on six years. We met with them. We met with people that had been married 20 years. And we met with people that had been married for 50 years. Because we wanted to know what it was like at each of these stages. What we could learn from them at, those, at that time. One of my mentors in the faith is, is Craig Hutto. He was a pastor at Claxton when I was there. I was at a meeting where I wanted to punch people in the throat. It was that bad. You ever been in one of those? Maybe not that, that extreme, right? But I saw with the grace and the peace and the dignity which he controlled that meeting. I wanted to imitate him, watch him, 
how he led, how he studied the Bible, how he prayed. He became and still is a mentor for me. How you live, your example. Your children and grandchildren are looking to you, and if they don't have an example from you, they will find it somewhere else. The culture will speak and give them a word. I speak to my child every day, telling her how strong she is. Skinny is not the thing we focus on. We, th- we focus on strength and how beautiful that is. How being smart is great. How being devoted to the word of God and being bold to stand before people and proclaim it will change other people's lives. Your example And the other thing is with the words you say, the words you speak. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 28, God told Moses this, but commissioned Joshua to do and encourage and strengthen him. Encourage and strengthen, for he will lead people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. He said, disciple him, encourage him, strengthen him with your words. Tell him who he can become. Speak life into people. You know how many people hear over and over that they are not worthy, that they are not able, that they cannot do? You live by your example. You make disciples by your example, by what you are able to do, and you tell the world what they can do. Hear me, every one of you can make a disciple. Every person in this room is called by God. You have a word to speak. We serve a big God to do something too small. It's about relationships. It's about doing life together. It's your choice. We've got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Good. Now take it to the world. It's never supposed to be personal or private. It's meant to go to all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are called by God to make disciples. Pittman Park exists to make faithful followers of Jesus Christ. These four walls can't do it. It's us, the body of Christ, that reach out and serve God. Will you join me as we pray? God, challenge our hearts now in this time to give to you to serve you with faithfulness of all that you have called us to be, to say, challenge and convict us that we will trust in your holy word, that we will obey your calling, and that we will serve you with faithfulness to our dying breath. Make the call so powerful in us now, God, that we can't run from it. And teach us that as we live our life, We're called to make disciples for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.